Hi, and welcome to Song Divers, an interview podcast about singer-songwriters. We like to go deep in conversation with our favorite musicians in search of honest answers. What are the ingredients of a great song? What makes a songwriter tick? Can a musician make a living these days? Is Jason Isbell overrated? What? My name is Stefan. And this is Ed. And this is our first episode on the road, taking a special trip to record in the upper left U.S. Songdivers is, and will hopefully continue to be many things, for us and for you. But it started with a feeling that maybe you've had. You encounter a work of art, a painting, a poem, a song, or maybe it's a whole person, and you're just captivated. You're moved, consumed by this feeling of thinking, people need to know about this. The more I got to know Ed, he was and continues to be an example of this. I wanted to absorb and share more of this hilarious and talented person and important musical influence on me with the world. And that's just it. Below the surface, Songdivers started as my curated attempt at sharing, celebrating, and appreciating the special people and places that have moved me on my journey as a musician, as a listener, and as a person. Certainly, I'm moved by the national acts you'll hear on here. But it's also why you'll continue to hear interviews with people you never knew until this show, but that you'll hopefully never forget and will want to get to know better. For me, these two guests, their music, and the shop they inhabit are the epitome of what I'm describing. More than a year ago, I was navigating a relationship that pulled me to the great city of Seattle for the first time, and then many, many times to follow. It was a new place where I knew no one. My only lead at something familiar was the famous vintage guitar shop that my dad had often fantasized about us visiting, Emerald City Guitars. Luckily, and completely by coincidence, I landed in the heart of Pioneer Square, Seattle's historic downtown, and literally a block from the shop. When I finally walked under the iconic sign and stood in the doorway, it did not disappoint. The caliber of instruments and talent floating around the shop is palpable, and the crew hanging behind the counter in the luthier's bench are warm and smart. I had the good fortune that day of being helped by a guy named James Anaya. James Anaya, reporting live in Seattle, Washington. James is an objectively cool dude, flanneled and bearded when we met the first time, and now cleanly stubbled and rocking a fedora on the night we recorded. James is a very laid-back guy, but not any less sincere or substantive for it. A relaxed but jovial sense of humor and clear appreciation for his peers and contemporaries, and certainly for his friends. There was a time when I was just a young You can enjoy the same thing I found when I sought out James's work and indulged in the EP he released with his band, James and I in the Current. I think you'll agree with the statement that James's guitar playing and soulful voice are like butter. James and I chatted for a bit that first day, passed a few acoustics, and over the next year, I would spend as much time as I could in the shop, eventually getting to meet Trevor Boone. Hey, this is Trevor Boone. 
Trevor is a welcome presence in any room. He's bright-eyed and disarmingly friendly, insanely knowledgeable, and just so much fun to be around. And, like James, as cool as he is talented. And if you've met these guys, you know just what a compliment that is. I was alone, stepping close, but I'll watch my back. Should I go home? Not going home. And now she's greeting me. And I'm listening. Quickly defeating me. And I'm drifting. It's just like I'm dreaming. Later that year, I would plan one of my trips around a concert the two were playing together at the Central Saloon in downtown Seattle, a venue made famous by Pacific Northwest pioneers like Nirvana and Soundgarden. For many reasons, it was a really special evening I'll remember forever. In no small part to the amazing performances by both bands, and also by the glimpse I was getting into a life and vibrant musical community so far away from my own. I fell in love with Seattle. The early sunsets, the brick, the hum of the city on the sound, all of it enhanced by the musical roster that have called it home. Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Chris Cornell, Brandy Carlisle. It was all magical. Is magical. So I convinced Ed to set out with me for Emerald City. While there, we had the privilege of performing a few Mercy McCoy tunes on a Friends Pick episode live in the shop, the mics still warm from a recent visit by the Milk Carton Kids, and then we checked the box on one of our podcast fantasies by recording the episode right there in this historic shop. Before we get to the interview and performances, we need to cover one more thing. Later in the episode, we discuss a man by the name of Paul Allen. Many of you will likely know who Paul Allen is, but for the people that don't, it's important that we give you some context because of who he was in the world and what he meant to the city of Seattle. Paul Allen is most widely known as the co-founder of Microsoft with his then friend, Mr. Bill Gates. But the Seattle native spent recent decades on community development, on sports, he owned the Seahawks and the Trailblazers, on technological initiatives that range from brain science to anti-poaching throughout Africa, and as a lover and preservationist of the arts. Paul's company, Vulcan, operates some of the coolest museums in the country, including Seattle's esteemed Mopop, a building famously modeled after one of Jimi Hendrix's melted guitars. Paul was also an accomplished musician, widely respected by musical greats across the spectrum, from Bono to Questlove. Paul Allen passed away in late 2018, leaving a legacy of innovation and philanthropy having given away more than $1.5 billion to charities in his lifetime, and, in Seattle, as a person that supported and shaped this incredible city in countless ways. For the music lovers, for the Seattle lovers, and for the idea man, and for the friends of our guests and people lucky enough to have visited this shop, we hope everyone enjoys our first episode on the road with Trevor Boone and James Anaya and Seattle's Emerald City Guitars. Since this is a house of Boone, Trev, tell us where you're from. I grew up in Redmond, Washington, which is about 25 minutes out of where we are now, out of proper Seattle. Um, and then I moved to, I moved out at 18 and got to Seattle about 19. So I'm, I consider Seattle as my adult grow up, but I grew up out in the sub, like suburb area, 30 minutes out. Okay. James, what about you, man? I mean, I can guess from a couple of your tunes, but... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I have a song called I, I Hate California, but I'm from California, Southern California specifically, so yeah, and I've been out in Seattle for about eight years now. Okay. And Trev, I'm assuming what brought you to Seattle was a lot of things, but uh, was it the family business? And we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. 
I mean, I was obviously around music as a kid and got really into, it's always been a part of my life. So when I was living in, when I moved out at 18, I lived out kind of Issaquah, Sammamish area. And I was um, playing music and I was, but I went to school to try to uh, learn recording it like audio engineering. And I got hired out of the class. Like by the end of the class, I was working in the studio in Seattle. So for a small period, I was driving from, you know, 45 minutes into Seattle after I worked in all, all day till six, I had to just free, like hang out this studio for free until 2 a.m. Made no sense after a while because I was only in, at home for three hours a night or whatever. So that got me to Seattle pretty quick. So, And, yeah, you said you obviously grew up around music. I think for the sake of the listeners, people maybe that don't know about Emerald City, <laughs> give, you know, give us yeah. a quick background uh, on family business. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, your dad's starting the store and time yeah. spent here. So kind of my oldest memories as far as, I mean, I was surrounded like kind of raised by wolves my dad was in a punk or a hard rock kind of band in the 80s dripping in hairspray essentially but, <laughs> uh, that was signed to cbs and they were, had an mtv video all this crap he's been a, a rocker his whole life and, and that's that's jay boone so the the owner of, of emerald city Guitar can you tell us the name of that band yeah it was so called it was... widow look it up the video is what's the it, name of the song the song's called bitch it was yes. taken off the radios widow well, they did a video and it was a please Seattle go look that up right now it's, it's crazy it's absolutely crazy and right uh, in now. the coolest way it's full on 80s seattle long story short he was a musician his whole life um signed to this band and it kind of you know it crumbled especially with the song title and hair metal in general <laughs> even in the days of like no pc police like yeah Totally. And it was a woman singer too, so it's a female made it a singer, same manager as Hart, Kim no. Kinnear, and it was it was yeah. uh, anyway. But so he was in a band. But when I was a kid, he was always like he's working at shops, kind of like this, like some old Seattle shops called like Guitars, etc., stuff like that. Anyways, let me, let me I won't, I'll try not to ramble on this, but no, no. So Boone came out of I call my dad Boone. Ramble so as much all as of you the want. Boones call each other Boone. Boone. There's a younger brother, Joey. They, Trevor, Joey, and Jay all say Boone. So when your mom comes out and says, Boone, time oh, for dinner. The wolves come running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so th- I was I was born in 89. Band, I kind of broke up from there. They they were touring, doing all sorts of cool stuff. We shared the stage with Steve Ray Vaughn, Brian Adams, a couple cool. You know, but it was short-lived. And, and he was working in shops and playing in bands when I was a kid. And he eventually opened up Emerald City Guitars in 1996. And so, so I've grown up with a guitar shop as like a lifestyle. Like it started as that little room and expanded three plus rooms since. But I grew up with like not one, not really interesting guitars. Drums was kind of like something that was I, was, I was really into that thing you do and shades and love drums. I've played Tupperware when I was a kid and bands and stuff around the cul-de-sac. But <laughs> it was always like, cool, dad had a guitar shop. And... um you ever yeah. think of going back to playing Tupperware and some Seattle I still, bands? Like... I still do. I still do. Yeah, when I'm doing dishes. But when I was 12 years old, I um, decided to start playing guitar. And that's when it got really cool. Because at first, I mean, it was fun. It was awesome. And I was like, oh, my dad, Boone's kind of just like cool rock and roll dude and still a great father. But I also knew like, oh, this guy came in the shop and Billy Gibbons. And it's kind of funky, you know. But when I was 12, I started playing guitar because other kids were and stuff. Then I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> was your dad showing you things, or were you picking up stuff so from friends? So I'm or? right-handed. Everything I do in my life is right-handed. Except, really? Except left-handed. Or except guitar, sorry. Wow. The guitar I play left-handed. Yeah. So it was really weird. There's pictures of me since I could stand or hold anything with a guitar upside down. And 
they kept on throwing me right-handed guitars, right-handed guitars, right-handed guitars. I wanted to play drums. I wasn't interested because it didn't feel right to me and stuff how I, how I was playing. And I remember being in like seventh grade and some of my buddies, I'd learned like Teen Spirit, like some relevant songs. So I'm used to hearing my dad play like all the casino, you know, all the... Well, I was going to ask, what are, you, what are you hearing around the house? Like what's your dad? You mentioned as punk band, kid, but like what are you being raised on? As a kid, I listened to really great music. My family played a lot of Motown. My obsessions were Michael Jackson, Garth Brooks. I was obsessed, like, sickly with, like, Nirvana as a kid and mm-hmm. the whole. And uh, my parents were playing great music. And, but guitar to me, first off, felt so weird. And I only saw my dad play. So when I went, when I was 12, I saw a couple of my buddies playing, like, Weezer and, and Nirvana. It blew my mind. And I immediately said, I need a left-handed guitar. So they found some cheap guitar. And it was like, tch. Of course, like that, it cha- it changed everything. It felt like butter to me, and it was great. Not saying that I'm, uh, you know, Stevie Ray or Nels Klein, but it it, it was like okay, that that's supposed that's how I understand it. Like that's how my it's my kind of interesting because sometimes I do think about that. Like your, it seems like your primary hand should be the one that's like on the fretboard. It you makes know, sense like, to me, and I yeah. don't do anything else like that. And I've met yeah. a lot of folks who actually are like. Um, well, left-handed play righty, and they're but their their uh, their reason is different. They're always like, "Well, it's because I had to learn right-handed, or they made me learn right-handed." Right. And gosh, I always think about like I'd have so many, I'd go nuts in like a shop like this. So I played right-handed. Being lefty always kind of kept like, well, I kind of liked a different separation in the shop because I could pass on these cool guitars that I I sh- wouldn't be able to use because they're right-handed. Uh, and when I find the lefties, they're super special to me. So Andrew Andrew Duhon was a guest of ours. He's a left-handed dude, plays righty. He said that exact same thing, you know, and he's like, you know, I go in a shop and I can play everything now. Thank God somebody told me to do that. But we noticed when we saw him playing the dude's dexterity with his his hand, like going up and down. I mean, I, the guy used a pinky like I've never seen in his chord progressions. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but oh, but we did. We covered that. And he said, he's like, you know, I, I feel really fortunate that somebody did for the exact same reason you said, like he has yeah. access to everything, you know, relevancy. Totally. So, James, what about you, man? What's uh, what's your upbringing like? Where where'd music come from? Where did it come in? Yeah, I. Uh... I grew up in the church, and so my mom was a singer, and my stepdad was a blues guitar player, and a couple uncles were, like, in the church band, and so that's kind of how music got introduced to me. Um, Was anybody, like, you have brothers and sisters, anything like that? I have, uh, like, half-brothers and sisters. and they're um, musical, too? None of which are musicians. Um, It's kind of something that I just kind of... What became obsessed with the second I touched a guitar. My stepdad used to let me borrow his old, uh, he had this like custom guitar built when he was in his 20s and he kind of kept it forever. He still has it actually. Um, but yeah, he, he used to let me borrow his guitar every once in a while. And when he was at work, actually, he would, this would piss him off, but I would sneak into his closet and steal his guitar while he was out, you know, and I was like on summer vacation. I'd, just play his guitar all day. <laughs> um, I just, for some reason, you know, when you, when you love something, you just become obsessed with it. And so I, I was, I'm still that only way now today. You, only now do you understand how frustrated he's like, damn it, who was playing my guitar again? I know, I know. Strings <laughs> are all worn. There, Strings are worn. <laughs> action's all messed up. Tuned out of you. I know. You dad I know. I'm like God playing damn. like system of a down and like mm. on his little baby acoustic and in formal lessons did you take formal no, lessons at any point no, never never did you um, play in the church did you like, i did yeah. like i did i kind of similar to boone here i yeah. played a lot of percussion stuff i drums was actually my that was my first instrument um if you can 
whatever. I just hit things loudly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I picked up the guitar, that's that all was, drummers. Yeah, right. Yeah. They just hit things loudly on time. Um, well, some of them. Some of them. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes not on time. But uh, yeah, the yeah. guitar was something that I became obsessed with immediately. And uh, as far as singing goes and songwriting, that didn't really happen until like my um, early to mid twenties. Was always I didn't actually start singing until uh, like my early mid twenties. Just didn't you? Just I mean, how do you know you can sing until you like just do it? That was one of the first questions I think I asked you like when we started hanging out. Which is sorry for sorry, but but when, but I was like, like how do you do that? Like because I I I, sing, I don't know. I, I you can't just, do that. I just like I can't either. I just yeah. try to Did make you, noises with my and face. And it's like you hear his, you hear his stomach like <laughs> noises whole, with like, your uh, face is the best system. way to put it. And obviously you you've developed that. And, yeah, you know, but did did you feel immediately that like this no. is something I can do? No, not in even like honestly, in the last four to five years, have I been like, okay, maybe I should actually like pursue this. People keep telling me that it sounds good, so maybe I'll do something. But I mean, that whole like my whole first EP and first like ten songs, I'm like, God. Am I allowed to swear? Absolutely. Yeah. I fucking hate my voice. <laughs> and I, you know, everybody hates their own voice. Sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, I kind of ran with it, you know, and songwriting is is uh, something that you have to get, you know, you get better at the more you do it. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of how it just kind of happened. I and mean, was, what, uh, what are you listening to at the time? A lot of, like, gospel. My mom was in a choir, a gospel choir um, for the church. Mm-hmm. And so I listened to, if there's anybody out there who grew up in, like, you know, church, Kirk Franklin, Fred Hammond, like, big, like, massive choirs with incredible musicians, and, like, each individual in that choir could probably have their own solo career, but they're, like, in the church, so they just, like... Want a lot of soul. It's all soul. It's kind um, of interesting, because we were talking about you uh, in advance, and I was saying, I get a an Americana vibe. I think yeah. that's guitar solo yeah. stuff. But then I also get this kind of old school, like Al Green. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, and I love Al Green. Like, obviously, that stuff thing. too. Yep. My mom, obviously, with. Straddling the, from the church to, yeah. you know, secular. Yeah. like. And, and what are you listening to now? <sighs> right now, I'm listening to a lot of that, like, Americana, like, country roots type stuff. So, right now, I'm obsessed with Lucas Nelson. Oh, yeah. Obsessed. Oh. Like, his mainly, I mean, obviously, he, he sounds a lot like his, his father, um, but he's definitely, like, got his own vein of mm-hmm. of uh, he's his own songwriter for sure absolutely and, and so, performer he puts on a great show yeah I'd, i haven't got to see him live but uh that's definitely something i want to do but uh mainly like in I my defense just, i did get you tickets to to uh upstream you? when he was here remember fuck you you <laughs> blew that when that was they don't even do that, that anymore like a, yeah that was a lot it's on pause it may come back dude you're right i am right fuck anyway please Lucas. Anyways, I I'd like to I'm something I'm trying like as songwriters we all like want to have better lyrics, more depth, more meaning, and so instead of just singing about love and blah blah blah, I want to be real more real with my songs and talk about fucking drugs or heartbreak or alcohol and just well, being a dick. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Sorry. We'll get to all those things. Sorry. Yeah, Trev, what about you, man? What are you listening to right now? I kind of took a. A uh, shift recently into like a little bit more of the country songwriters. I really got a kick out of going to visiting Nashville quite a few times in the last few years. And through work and um, 
mixing it with pleasure, but bachelorette parties. Yeah, <laughs> so many do. What I, but honestly, what I loved, and it changed a, a lot of my mindset um, of just listening to early Beatles nonstop and the same classic stuff, uh, was that I would go to Nashville and everybody knew each other's name. Like you'd go to like a. Uh, and you know that guy, he's a killer mandolin player. That guy's the banjo player. That guy plays, like, that guy's an acoustic session player. Up here, you don't hear about an acoustic session, but you just, everybody plays acoustic. Why do you need somebody? But I loved it. was almost like the all stars, like the glo- Globetrotters for musicians down there. So it made me start listening to country music uh, intentionally. And, like, I'd always heard, like, the, you know, the big festival, like, hat, tailgate drink a beer type of thing. And I even started appreciating that because I'm like, that's pop music that is so for that, um, for the radio, but it still has these badass guys that you see down at this uh, yeah. pub. And I love that Nashville has a really tight, uh, like kind of vibe like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right away though, I was looking for the songwriter. So I've been really listening to Tyler Childers who mm-hmm. I think is, he got me with his voice just cause I come from kind of like love and Kurt Cobain when I was, you know, my dad popped me in front of TV when it's I was dirty, t- MTV man. when I was oh, two years God. old, you know, watching Teen Spirit. I've always loved that, like just that rasp, that angst shit. And I was like, that that guy's kind of has that whole. You believe him every word he says, you know. Plus Passion. his lyrics are great. Plus great producer. Plus awesome musicians. To me, it's like there's a lot of things going in my brain, and that I that I enjoy listening to that stuff. So yeah, yeah, I've shifted towards a little bit trying to find out who all these bad boys are <laughs> out in like the South or. Coming up from the sticks to lay down these incredible tracks. That's so cool. So you grew up, obviously, your dad's doing a lot of different things in music. Yeah. And James talked about this a little bit, but let's start to get into a little bit of, like, when did you start to song, right? Like, what was, do you remember your first song? Yeah. And then let's talk a little bit about, like, having an artistic voice. I did, like, I, what's the first I time you decided I was always that? obsessed with music and felt on, like, extremely emotional level, like, to where, I mean, it was like, I, I didn't, it, it songs would make me kind of feel crazy and the four right chords can make you cry it's insane especially vocals and so i always love music love music kind of obsessed always wanted to like like the singer idea and thought it was the like really the best way to kind of express yourself the most raw but my first real instrument was guitar so i immediately got really really into like learning guitar and going playing fast i was in like randy Rhodes and shit but really hmm. quickly uh, but I was always like it really into songwriters and Nirvana, like Nirvana hit. I, I grew up on that when I was a kid, but when I started writing songs, it was like angsty teenage. I was that same age. It was four chords. Cry about how pissed off I am. That was great. But I kind of, that was like the first deal, the whole Nirvana plus mixing first learning guitar, like all the shred stuff. It was weird peak. And then boom, then all of a sudden it just went like straight to songwriting. I kind of, Stop playing electric guitar and just acoustic guitar and listening to The Counting Crows. Mm-hmm. I'm on a freaky level obsessed with like the Beatles, obviously, but like to for like John Lennon, really. My, I got this book when I was a kid called The Beatles by Bob Spitz, and it just kind of blew my mind because it talked about when they were kids. I read that book. It's, it's, it changed my life. And I read that when I was uh, 15 years old, and it just um, all of a sudden I put the guitar down. I didn't care to like do a solo. I just wanted to like, so want to write fun songs that you can sing, that you can cry. And I don't know. So it's a real, it's a weird, weird uh, whirlwind and I'm a little stoned. So I know I'm rambling here, but <laughs> not at all. No. I went from like, Oh, I got an instrument, learn Nirvana, but also shred. But then I just went like, man, the things I'm like really obsessing with and writing songs were after these guys who like songers, I really believed in their words and their vocals, Adam Duritz, Kurt Cobain. Oh yeah. John Lennon. 
super exposed vocalist compared to Paul McCartney, who's I love, but he he opens his mouth and it sounds amazing. John was like it's more mannered. It was just like it. it was like drink a gallon of milk. Yeah, he was competing scream. with the best singer, but for some you know there and John just like and that's how I reckon I knew I could sing. I couldn't sing like that, like James. You couldn't you sing know? like Paul. No, no, no. no. Mister Postman. Yeah. Like those so I just want to. I just want to. Essentially, use my voice as fast as I can, screaming things that I like. Just to, to get that one take. Yeah. You know? Well, and I don't know that that's a fair representation. And everybody, obviously, you know, we'll get into some tunes here in a second. But um, no, I mean, I think there's a very melodic rasp in what you're doing. For totally. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I get that early Beatles obsession because I would yeah. have. Well, I haven't heard all of the stuff you do, but the first thing I thought of, oh, po- power pop. Yeah, you totally. Know, I, a melody, a, catchy vocal chorus. But when I play music, it's like ringtones are more, you know, compared to, I just, I want something to be, everyone can be singing around, having fun, smile on their face. I love the sad shit. It's exactly what you do. When I go out, I just want to fucking rip it up and have everybody dancing. You like have it's, a totally different from what you're doing. As a songwriter, you're playing style. And it's funny talking about shredding because I hear a lot of different influences. They're super tasteful and soulful and bluesy, but like, I think it is really interesting that these dichotomies of your playing and influential style. Guitar was interesting. That was a great thing about working down here. Like I started working, I was like, you know, I worked at other jobs in guitar center for a little bit. Started working here and I came playing a bunch of shred stuff while they ran. I wanted to show off and I was around some cats, specifically Eric Daw, who was a guitar tech, old throwback fifties cat, incredible, simplest, like less is more guy. And man, he, they really schooled me on like, don't you don't go into a guitar shop and just like shred like anybody can do that there's a kid in japan who will shred your face off in two seconds you know and they're and probably within a five mile radius and it was more those guys really like really honed like changed my style rapidly like you kind of need to express yourself and sit back a little bit less is more and in all this the, the the episodes we've done there's a focus on musicianships we're talking a lot about songwriting but i think it is really important to note because this is such a guitar heavy episode as it should be the expression like having something to say with your guitar playing dude that's like that was the coolest just i learned about tone and and playing here um going to like jams as a kid too like as soon as i get into like blues jams i'd go there and i had just learned this lesson by then it was so cool because i'd go there and a bunch of kids who are 21 maybe 20 sneaking into these blues clubs and stuff they'd go there like have their bogner turned out to, or whatever it was mm-hmm. and i'd go up with a little Fender app and a telly and just and people like the space and shit people were all weird because no one was doing that stuff and I'm so glad that I learned that it was through embarrassment but I I think with guitar you sit back and like make just like vocals make it intentional you know so James how about you man when uh, when are you find an artistic voice when are you you feel like you have something to say talk a little bit about that process for you like do you remember your first song uh yeah stupid love song about some girl that let's hear it <laughs> god no you would be very fortunate not to um yeah i mean this, you know songs are just an expression of how you're feeling at a, in a moment especially when I was first writing songs, they were all about love or the lack thereof. And still today, you know, that's a lot of songs today. But as a younger younger dude, I hadn't been through a lot. And that's kind of where, as I 
got older into my mid to late 20s going through more adversities relationships that have just you know stuff like that love broken hearts you wise up a little bit and you're able to like vocalize those experiences into a song when you're writing would you say you're your lyrics first or music first or no music first music first yeah i've tried to do the lyrics first part because i feel like my lyrics would be more thought out but i I just well let's be fair to these guys the question we've started asking because our our guests have actually tricked us so we always we would ask the are you lyrics first or uh music first and then everyone's like title first <laughs> no, a lot of people what? start. I with never the title. have a title. I, have right? t- yeah. I still don't have titles to no. half of my set. So you you start you find some musical stuff that you like, yeah. chord changes and whatnot. Yeah, like, where does the lyrical like germ come from? Yeah, I'll like I'll mutter a phrase or something. Or isn't it weird? Like I feel like a lot of times I'll play a, and the first thing I hum is almost like subliminal, and that's like a line I can't ever give out. And yeah, so I'm like that was it. Like I'm like yeah. wait, should I, what would be better there? I'm like fuck. What did I just say? Like, yeah. That was cool. Yeah, like, I, I like to... There comes a point, this might be just me, but I doubt it. I'll, I'll have, like, a cool melody musically, and then um, I'll make a decision, like, this is what the song's going to be about. And then it'll go from there, and it'll totally be different by the end of it. So there's a song I'm writing right now. I was like, let's write about, like, dying... <laughs> which is super lighthearted. It's a little bit an uplifting one. You here. definitely want to listen to that on like a beautiful summer day. Uh, no, but it ended up being, you know, as it went on and as the words just kind of came, it ended up being a song about you know dying, but having somebody that you loved, and things they just evolved as they go. Yeah, before we go deeper down that, I think it's probably important to establish that you did eventually move up from California. You yeah. ended up in in one of the songs. Uh, that you're gonna play for us is uh, I hate California. Yeah, it's no offense to, to the hometown, but no, um, no, no. you know, Trev, your family's here, and mm-hmm. you have this great family of inanimate objects around you currently, <laughs> also in the guitar shop. So I imagine that was probably part of that, and also the fact that Seattle's just a really cool place, mm-hmm. and you got a lot going on here. And I don't want to speak for you, so you can certainly correct me if I'm wrong, but you left your family, James. Mm-hmm. It sounds like where where you're from. Like, what brought you up here, and like, what was the catalyst to, to do that? Man, yeah, I definitely love my family, um, but I just felt like I needed to leave the nest and, like, become my own man. And, um, you know, I got a lot of friends of mine who I love and adore and respect who just kind of, like, went into the family business. And um, I didn't have that option at the time, so I was like, okay, I got to go make and do something for myself. Um, And I'm not going to be able to do it here because I just am too comfortable. My family's here. So... I packed a hamper and my guitars into this car and drove up to Seattle with a buddy of mine. Um, and, yeah, never looked back. I had did a couple you, friends. Did so. you have the intention of being a musician? Yeah, like, yeah. For, I was like, yeah. I'm going to go do this. I talked to some, like, people who I looked up to. I was like, what do you think, man? Should I just... Seattle was the closest. Well, I like, thought about L.A. I thought about L.A., but I have feelings about L.A. that were different than Seattle. Oh yeah, so so I moved to Seattle. Let's um, get into those feelings. Yeah, no, I, it just wasn't right for me, um, and so I thought about New York as well. But I didn't know anybody out there at the time. So C- Seattle had a couple friends who were like, "You can sleep on my couch for as long as you need to," and so that's what happened. My buddy Tanner, who's a fantastic photographer, um, let me sleep on his couch for a couple months. My buddy Shane Bardu and his wife, who were newlyweds at the time, let me sleep on their couch for like a month. I was working at a restaurant, uh, literally walking down an entire avenue while it was raining with my resume looking for jobs. It was like, 
it was a lot of work, but, you know, flash forward seven, eight years later, and, you know, I'm working at this incredible guitar shop with my best friend, brother, family, you know, it's... Who's that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, this, uh, you don't know him. Um, and uh, I ended up here, and it, it was amazing. So the tune, I Hate California. Yeah, let's talk about that. Well, I imagine that's... It's not about the plot of land, California, uh, nor everybody in it. It's more, it, there was a, I was living in California at the time. I was a girl that I was with, um, and I, f- I had moved back from Seattle. So I moved up here, felt homesick, moved back for six months. We were just talking about this. Yeah, I was dating this girl at the time, and it just immediately felt weird. I was like, what am I doing here? And, you know, at the time when I f- was, like, moving back, I was like, hell yeah, like, I, this girl's, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I felt this feeling inside of me calling me back to Seattle to play music and mm-hmm. to do that. And so there was no way at all that that was going to work because I was so unhappy. I wasn't doing what I loved. And I tried to bury it. And so, yeah, the song called I Hate California is mainly having to do with, like, that personal, that situation. When I think about that, I'm like, when I think about that uh, scenario that I was in at the time, it was so terrible because I had moved somewhere for someone. And I was like, Deep down inside, I had to be, like, real with myself. Like, this is not right. I got to go back. So six months later, moved back to Seattle. And uh, am happy as my voice. fuck that I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I left my frozen vegetables in your I freezer. I still have a voicemail of James. Like, the only time he's called my, my full name, it's, like, 2 a.m. He's like, hello, Trevor Boone. Uh, I think I have my vegetables still in the freezer. <laughs> I was trying to eat healthy. I left my frozen veggies in his freezer, and I That's really needed nice. those. Remember when he used to those fork, like, Pencils and all that kind of music. There, there was a time where I messed with Trevor. We would go out drinking, come back, and I would like put things in his freezer. So I'm like getting up every day, like, dude, what? How? What do we do last night? Like, why did I put this in the freezer? Literal cash. My girl at the time was pencils. What the? Like, why is why is there a shoe or something? He started to get worried. And I'm like. Oh my god! Like the, I didn't go. Like, what? Ha- I swear to God, I came home last night. Like what the hell? Like why is there a shoe in my freezer? Started oh, with the vegetables. God, I was. I slept on an air mattress. Yeah, Trevor Boone was one of the lads who kind of took me in for a little bit, and it's. I don't know. So if you, th- who are you yeah. crashing with now? <laughs> yeah, my fiance Emily. Well, before we get to the tune, I hate freezer veggies. Yeah. Uh, you want to play? Uh, I hate California for us. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Myself, one day I leave my home. That's just what I'll do. I don't think you could stop me. Well, I'm sorry, love. My time has come. Ain't gone. Yeah, I'm sorry, love. My love has come and gone Old familiar faces 
watches they all grow old Baby, my bones are all aching Shit, I guess I'm just made for the cold Well, I'm sorry, love My time has come It gone Yeah, I'm sorry, love The Northwest is where I belong If I make it through this winter Won't you save me a seat On that old bar top in California Where we used to meet, I know And I know you might think How can this be? But it's hearts ain't put in your dream in a dream So I'll pack my bags tonight Be on the next Myself, one day I'd settle down, raise my own family. Shit, I'd move to a smaller town. Well, I'm sorry, love, today is not that day. No, to say when. I just can't say If I make it through This winter Won't you save me A seat On that old bar top in California Where we used to meet And I know you might think Hey, how can this be Well, it's hard to stay put when you're dreaming a dream So I'll pack my bags tonight Be on the next flight Awesome. Thanks, James. Dude, That's good stuff, man. Thank you, man. It was amazing. I man. really appreciate that. So, Trev, did you ever think about leaving Seattle? Did you ever recall to go yeah. anywhere else? Yeah, I did. I got out of high school and was living in this kind of crazy house when I was moved out as soon as I could, right after high school. Didn't really know. I was working some kind of odd jobs, and I, I knew I wanted to, I wanted to 
Um, I'd been writing music and playing guitar, but I, I really got into recording. That's kind of how I started writing songs too. I got obsessed with that. So I was like, I want to re- learn. I want to get in studios. I'll do anything I can. I read all this, you know, funky, shitty books about audio recording and old band books. I was obsessed. So Did you subscribe to tape op. Everything. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Of course. Of course. <laughs> tape it's the only way. Um, and my idea was to go... We should just stop real quick. So Ken, our, the video guy from Emerald City, who does an excellent job, uh, he's over there laughing because he's like, yeah, totally me. I've too. never met the guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I was, so I went to uh, school for audio recording. And like I mentioned earlier, I had got... I had met this, some people at this um, recording studio who hired me out to just kind of like low pay, but got to like get... In, I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, I thought I was going to like send applications everywhere, but a really cool studio had offered which studio is that by the way fastback yeah look them up one of the best in seattle um and so started working there and so i was like really stoked for all of a sudden i'm you know 21 years old i'm just loving like seattle and around that time i was switching time between this and kind of got serious about working at the shop i'd been working there off and on as you know since i was a kid, but around that time, I kind of got um, really comfortable here, and it just kind of developed where I was traveling enough through the shop, especially the last like five years, where there's places I've like realized that I really love, but I love Seattle like as home base. So I was kind of fortunate enough to test the grounds and also have like I really liked what I was doing in Seattle. The people I'd met, mm-hmm. the studio I was working at, obviously the shop was meant everything to me. And I was playing in bands. So for me, it was, I was, I kind of like tested the water a couple of times. I, I really did love like being close to the water, being close to the woods. Um, also getting the cool kind of Seattle at the time, you know, progressive, just fun area. Um, so I wanted this to be home base. I mean, for those of us fortunate enough that home can feel like home. Yeah. That's great. Right. Yeah. But in addition to that, we should say, I mean, Seattle is a special place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but I also felt at the same time like, man, I should, you know, I got to get out of Seattle and, you know, for James's story is so cool. And to me, it's really <laughs> like romantic and awesome to go travel. Sure. And, and I think either way, I would have, I think it would have been cool to do in periods of my life. But at that period, I was really, really trying to like, when I, you know, as soon as I was old enough to drive and do stuff, I was like really jumping into studios and kind of relationships there so it was kind of hard for me to grasp i thought maybe i would but then time goes on you know and but But, yeah and you're working your tail off it sounds like too which is which is a theme that i kind of comes through some of the songs but i know some of the more recent stuff you're working on um and we got an anaya tune under our belt so i don't know if you want to do one of your new ones for us that that you know working is is kind of a theme of that tune i think it's a running title right yeah um yeah this is a song that I've wrote recently and I've tried kind of working it out with the electric band, but I think it'll be cool on acoustic. But I'll some of that lyrical yeah. content, it sounds like, and you know, I don't put words in your mouth, you walk us through a little bit. Oh, it sounds like maybe that challenge of like, you're trying to make something work, but you got separate lives, separate stuff going on. You're, I mean, you're completely right. And I love that you're listening intently to this stuff, you know, but it's, um, it's about, about that light, how, how consumed you are just to make ends meet, you know, and, get there and then everything else you want to do and how that just goes away. And then your relationships, how to prioritize, you know, time with my wife, time with work, time with my boys, time with whatever. And, um, it was kind of the, the chorus definitely came 
informed the song because that was just something I think it was subconsciously on my mind that came out over some chords. Yeah, I hear, I definitely hear a guy working through how he's feeling yeah. in the moment for sure. Um, but let's let the listeners hear, man. You want to do that one for us? Yeah. You want a fresh band aid before you do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's the one time doing like acoustic stuff and I cut my hand. Sounds better with a dead band aid. It kind of gives it a little bit. <laughs> all right, all right. Here we go. Life is just an open road stuck in traffic And I've spent most of my prior days in past tense When we're working always When we're working always How do we work it out? There she is, there she was Maybe you and I should take a walk Lately I've been feeling like I'm right two times a day like a broken clock She's been working long days And I've been working long days When we're working always When we're working always How do we work it out? Tiptoe past the hours So you know they're moving slow Leaving all the sudden Left with nothing Except footprints when they go She's been working long days And I've been working I love that. That's just a great tune, man. That's a future hollers tune. Yeah, it is. So good, man. Thank you very much. I love the words. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it's one of those ones. It's just so good. It just flies by. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. You're going to finger pick that one on your telly, too? 
I with am. the band. Yeah. Dude, I want to hear that one with the band. It sounds really cool with the band. band and I so have good. to the one of the guys I play I love the cats I play with the, the core guys. Jordan on bass, Jordan Fuller, and Andrew Ching on drums. Andrew Ching is like has an incredible we're we're on the same level. So when I played that song, I already noticed I was finger picking and he just sits back. And it's not and it's not like, all right, let's hear what he says. It's like he already knows, like, all right, I come in here. So I get through that first thing with him and come in. It's just like he brings it in, brings it to that kind of that indie rock. That's a kind of a regular thing, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that's, it's a fun. It's a that's fun like thing. gold when you've been playing with somebody long enough and they they have. I know, the, I know, man. Not and just the chops, but they have the the mental like. Well, I saw that as a kid too. Like yeah. these cats, my dad was playing with. I saw him play every gig under the you know like get into or my mom would drag me to, and the, he just had these guys and they're doing taking requests and I'm like God. These guys were signed to major labels, played in bars, did the taverns, drove around in a van, and they're still playing all this stuff like 20 years later. And it was like, he was set on these cats. And I love that. I love that. It's a really cool, I'm rambling right now. But, no, uh, no, no. That's, what, that's a really cool point. deal when I started working at this studio. Um, and it was something that I recognized, but I loved just hearing it out loud. I was sitting around in their mastering suite and. I got hired and I was kind of helping teach this audio class with them. And by teach, I mean be the total like low man on the totem pole to clean shit like that. But anyways, <laughs> I, I'll I'd tell people I teach. But anyway, so I'm hanging out and at, there's a class of about eight people and they play a band. Um, I forget who they played, but it was, it was an awesome song that we all know. Everybody listens to it. And then they play Creedence Clearwater. And you in this perfectly acoustic uh, you know, tuned room. All of a sudden, everything's. It doesn't sound like a cymbal and a pro bass player, and you know, which contradicts our my Nashville intrigue. But it was like you you heard this band, and you could just tell that those guys just blended like a cement mixer, just you know. <laughs> and so, I mean, I always like I, I I wanted some dudes that I was that would just feel me on things, you know. Um, well, and I think they do that. That comes through, you know, and I th- I'm a little, I don't, jaded's not the right word, but my, my expectation going to see you play, I'd listen to the record and the record is almost, it's, it's punk. It's, it's Seattle punk ish awesome. by guys that can play their instruments, which I think is unique to some <laughs> punk bands. Yeah. Um, so I think that's important. And then I, I, and I also knowing you can shred because I'd seen the Emerald City stuff. And then when you're on stage, like it is the band. It's not about you. It's not about your guitar playing. It's, you know, it's the band and it comes through. And, and I will say too, live, it's almost more of like a West Coast Kings of Leon a little bit yeah. just because you said this a little bit earlier, like the whole crowd's just feeling it, you know? <laughs> And it, it doesn't feel like that high school. What show were you at? Was this it, the Central? This it, was my sh- it was the Central. My yeah. Was that oh, Central? That Dude, one. every time you guys play, so much energy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it, was, no. it was great. I'm like, I regretted I'm having you, you open for us. But, but <laughs> the like, point I'm making there is that, that that comes through. You know, for thank a guy you. that absolutely can just lay it down on the guitar, like it's, it's a band's show and it, it comes through. It feels great. Well, thank you. Yeah. And now, a quick interlude about one of the companies supporting this podcast. Ed, I think we can both agree that the best tasting songs are those that happen naturally. That's true. Wait, you can't really taste a song, though. That part's not... That's also true of the food we choose to consume, which is why our favorite new artist on the healthy protein charts is ButcherBox. 100% grass-fed beef delivered on dry ice to your door anywhere in the lower 48. So, does that make Alaska like the upper... Ed, just open the box. If you're into more genres than just beef, ButcherBox has you covered. 
They also deliver Alaskan wild sockeye salmon, free-range organic chicken. Wow, there's got to be like 11 pounds of meat in here. Heritage breed pork and special bacon. Special bacon? Special because it's free. Use code SONGDIVERS at checkout to get $20 off and free bacon in your first butcher box. And shipping's free too. Special bacon and special shipping. That's special. Now, can you grill as well as you can play guitar? Visit ButcherBox.com to order. So, James. Yes, sir. Tell us a little bit about your band. Because it's James and I in the current, right? Yeah. With uh, And, and how you, how'd you put those guys together? Well, it started uh, when I moved here. I think one of the first guys that I had integrated into my group was Craig Curran, who was my bass player. Killer. Incredible bass player. Uh, Did he suggest maybe James and I in the Curran? <laughs> no. <laughs> Funny enough, though, we, we, I, I mentioned that not too long ago. I was like, we should just be James Anaya and the Curran uh, because of his last name. But uh, it wasn't funny enough. So, <laughs> um, no, it, it's decent. But um, he played with, like, Fleet Foxes. But his, like, I, I don't want to tell him. I wouldn't say this to him personally because I don't, I don't like to inflate people's uh, egos, but he is James Jamerson reincarnated at times. Uh, he's one of the most difficult people that I've ever worked with in my life. <laughs> but at the same time, that that produces like challenge, which produces like great results, you know. And so, as a songwriter, he, it, he's challenged me uh, to like not be lazy. Um, and so, I have my my drummer at the moment, uh, who is Alex Coleman. He's an incredible drummer. One of the most like um, like precise drummers that I've ever played with. He's um, in the pocket, but you remember he's there. Yeah, exactly. Like he has his unique characteristics when he's playing, um, and uh, yeah, I love the guy. Um, Jean Franco, they call him Jean Wayne. He's from Italy. <laughs> it's kind of disrespectful, but he's cool with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> call him Johnny. Uh, but, uh, he's from Italy. He just moved here like less than a year ago, got married, had a baby. Um, and he plays keys for me. Um, love Gianfranco. He's wicked. Man. He is wicked. Tickles the ivory. I mean, both, both bands. Super solid. Right here. He's a sweet lad. Um, Alex Shaw plays guitar for me at the moment. He's got his own band, Alex Shaw music or something like that. I think. He's uh, kind of like your Sadler Vader. Sadler Vader, right? Kind of, right? yeah. He's he's a fantastic guitar player. Um, I love the dude. He he just makes me laugh as a personality. But his guitar playing is it stands out. It's it kind of blows you away. You're like, oh shit, I didn't see that coming. He's, he's a freak, um, man. He's which is saying cool. something because you know your way around your instrument as well. Sure, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, it's always so cool, and I admire people who you you just like get blown away with. Like I didn't see that coming. Like wow. Oh, yeah. Like, that's so cool to me. I love... And so he's that kind of guy for me. His songwriting's great. He just put out a record. Um, you should look up Alex Shaw. Um, and you can find out his, his new record that he just put out. Um, and... Uh, okay, that guy's my, excited about it. Yeah, he's <laughs> Alex Shaw. Um, I heard that. I heard that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, those are my boys. And at times I play with a couple dudes... Who play horns? Gordon and Jason, who play with the True Loves, which is a just a fantastic Seattle soul band, very root soul. Mm. Um, 
and they play horns with me every once in a while. I have some backgrounds. Depending on how large the stage is, that's how many people I'll involve. I think you mentioned something I want to catch real quick for both of you guys. You mentioned difficulties and being challenged by you know guys in your band, yeah. and I think the feedback loop as a songwriter is something that's really important too. Totally, especially you guys are exposed to a ton of music. You're also exposed to a ton of players, both famous A-listers and also just probably really awesome players coming through. Just different brains, man. I, totally, right? And so yeah. I think it's interesting to talk about that, the challenge of a feedback loop and yeah. like, you know. Are you talking about because of the shop? I, I was going to say in addition yeah. to your your band, but like Seattle you're in the has... shop seeing a bunch of stuff come through and like yeah. that really gives you a broad spectrum of exactly where you rank, rank and I should say also where, <laughs> yeah, well. Good old way. <laughs> like a good old a broad, way. Broad, yeah. broad, broad a spectrum. Well, there's a lot of nice right, instruments in here. Cut yeah. And yep. no, yeah. no, we're kidding. Uh, no, but yeah, kidding. I mean, I, I think that's that you've got a lot to compare yourself to. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But also, you're hearing a lot of different approaches. It's so funny. Like as a songwriter, you're like so in love with your song and your piece of art that, like, if anybody's like, I think maybe this better, might be better. You you know, when you're first starting out, you're like kind of offended. Uh, and then, you know, you go through the process years later, you're like, man, I, you know, like where I am now, if somebody's like, look, let's do this different. I could hear like, oh, you're right. That's better. Mm -hmm. But when you first, you know, when you're a young songwriter, yeah. you're like offended by it. You're like, this is my baby. Like, don't talk shit on my baby. Right. Like this, that song be. doesn't exist until somebody listens to it. Totally. So. And, uh, you just got to find yourself those people who are, uh, that you respect their, their ideas and their taste. Um, and let them listen to your songs and uh, take to heart what they say. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. We just had some neighbors walk away. Um, and respect those people's opinions. It's first Thursday. It is. It's Art Walk That's in funny. Seattle. Things are going down out here. Um, I think it's important to have people who can listen to your songs and tell you honestly if it's good or not, little, little tweaks, little things that could be changed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's I important. I think you should embrace that. I think the hardest thing is it is. It's how your do you baby. Respond to that. Like, I feel like it's more just be open to for it. The person telling you to also hear your response. Yeah. Like if I went, man, I love that song, but take it with that, a grain of salt. That chorus isn't that good. Take, yeah. I'd be like, well, no, okay, the, I understand. <laughs> but also, like, know that you respect that person. If you if you're like, okay, like I've heard you play. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like you don't deserve to tell me anything. I'd be like, but, well, that's a thing. It is. You gotta be. You gotta be honest with yourself and discern that moment. Uh, and so, you know, if you're a young songwriter, make sure you curate those people in your life who can tell you what's oh, good yeah. and what's not Always good. Play with people. That was something I you don't want to put out that. shit. No, you want to play around people who are better than you. And you want people who know that that you can put out good stuff. And who believe in that, and they'll tell you that you can do better. Well, and you guys are putting out good stuff. So uh, you just put out a music video pretty recently. Yeah. It was uh, the song Jimmy Dream On. Yes, sir. Uh, and you mentioned earlier, too, about not just writing about love, right? Yeah. So that tune. Yeah. I was very um, uh, purposefully not writing about that. Intentionally, yeah. Yeah, yeah, prolific, intentionally, sorry. Honestly, like. I was reading not, books. I was reading a lot at the moment, and I was like, you know. I uh, one of those books, "The War of Art" by Stephen Pressfield. As a matter <laughs> of fact, it was. Um, Thought I heard a little bit in the yeah, lyrics talking there. about resistance, right? Um, yep. Which is is that's uh, a, a point of view, man. It's like if you can, if if you're anything creative, I mean, marketing. If you are a painter, if you're just you know you're trying to make a living off of what you love to do, 
and what comes naturally to you. Um, reading that book, The War of Art, is it, it changed my life. Uh, talking about resistance, talking about anything that is going to come between you and what you love to do is considered resistance. Well, the tune is just this soulful, uh, you know, like anthem of perseverance. Totally. You know? Yeah. Extremely yeah. honest, too. Like, like, I love, like, he hits main topics and some very main points, even quickly. But it's also ex- super vulnerable. And for someone someone else who writes songs, it's it's easy to just go, like, one direction, you know? Mm-hmm. But when I remember hearing that song out in the twilight, and we put it a couple times, three mm-hmm. times, before we went too mm-hmm. far, I was like, well, you know, let's play a song. <laughs> and... You know, he can write love songs sleeping, but it was cool, so cool to hear, you know, all of a sudden he's hitting these main points that all of a sudden you're like, whoa, I didn't, <laughs> we haven't talked about that yet, you know? Yeah. And, the, but also, you know, bring it back to like a, just a dude sitting in the chair thinking about it. It's, it's, that's a songwriter's song. Yeah. The song basically came down to like my past. You know, you grew up in a family who was in church, you're close, you're like, you got religion, you got, your family, you got your friends, you got your enemies. Yeah, and, and and like everybody's gonna try to tell you who you should be or what you should do. Like you should go get a job in this industry, or you should go to church, or you should believe this, or you know. But like, well, sticking... you have the lyric in there. The world has since tried to take that away, referencing always. your younger dream. Always is that what, that's what you're talking about? Always, and it, it will always do that. But there's something very like quiet inside of you, and it's just like your soul. It's like that one thing that's like. This is you, man. And a lot of times we combat that because of, you know, social issues or people around us who tell us what we should be. But there's always that that really small voice inside of you that's like, look, man, like this is who you really are. And the people who succeed in life are the people Mm. that listen to that voice. Mm. (laughs) For real, though, like you just got to listen to that quiet little fucking dude who's in there who's like, listen, man. This is what you love. Oh, we'll get to you, Trevor, because you got that lyric alone with your pride. Uh, and there's that's that thing, right? Talking about that exactly yeah, what you're saying. Yeah. You gotta be real with yourself. And people love art that's real. So it's like I love art that's real. That's the shit like that's why I like Tyler Childers. Like mm-hmm. the yeah. guy sings about Coke, drugs, women, whatever. Can you play that one for us? The, yeah, yeah, here, 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 yeah. Yeah, cue that up. Here we go. We wanna hear it. Just a young boy Long go along with the dreams of my younger days Now the world has since tried to take that away And it can if you let it Resistance always finds a way now 
dedication now I'm here to give words of mine Religion, family, friends or foes They all have ideas but how can you really know Well, don't hate what you don't understand now But you'll be you And I'll be a better man I've been told to hold my tongue Tongue, tongue I've been told to fall in line After years of constant dedication now Put that tune out. Music video is awesome. If anybody hasn't, thank go you, man. See, go see that. Um, Recorded. Trip, you, yeah, yeah, go ahead, please. Can I can I plug a buddy? I would him? like that, please. Tanner Wendell Stewart, who is a, a, a Northwest uh, photographer, but he also he did my he did my music video as well. Photographers um, need cred, man. Dude, big time. I just bought a video and I take a lot of pictures too. And I'm just like, dude, it, there's so much art to it. Anyways, Tanner Wendell Stewart. Look him up on Instagram. He is one of the most incredible, most talented photographers. And he did my music video. Um, Which is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Do you know, do you know, do you know him, Skylar? You ever heard of him? No. I'm more of a Ken Lopworth should, fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. KenLopworth.com. Right. Yeah. He's a well, that's another level. level. He's like Brother, a genius. He's yeah. like um, Ken true Lopworth. artist. Ken we, Lopworth. Ken Lopworth. Absolutely. We should say, in addition to Ken, uh, one of our photographers, Skylar's here. But Dan. Yep. We'll definitely most, we'll turn the camera yeah, around on her at some point. Um, so, obviously, you're putting stuff out recently, which has been great. The Hollers have done a video recently, right? Uh, no, Hollers are done. <laughs> uh, 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 so, uh, I would say your your full record like it was a, it's uh, 2019 release, right? It is, but you guys have been playing for years. 
We've been playing for since 2000 or late 2014. So four and a half year, whatever that is. I'll do it math right now. <laughs> uh, and we're like the laziest guys, kind of, and it's and it sucks, but we have so much fun playing together. We love playing Seattle. We've done really, really well here. Uh, Dude, you guys. But are that's so like good. where we're at kind of right now. Like I like if somebody threw a show out that was. Hey, you want to open the show box or something that's really great? But I love I love where I live. I love my girl. I, I don't, I'm not ready to go sleep on a sleeping bag right now. I know it's such a disgrace to everyone putting in the hard time, but it, but I don't know that that. I mean, we talk about that a lot. On that's this a podcast. real thing for musicians to it say. Is, it's it like, is. do I want to tour, we're, sleep we're, in a van, and I'm yeah, thirty? And like, we got a couple guys like that. We we started real young, and it was, or you know, not young, but twenty five, and. God, I have the best time playing with. We get great gigs, and and I really wish I could schedule in like a quick three months of sleeping a van. I can't, <laughs> I can't. And uh, you gotta run the coolest shop in the world, though. I wish I was like this majestic, you know, drifter that could. I I like where I live. I like my girl. I like my. But you're still you finding work. time to write. I am. I am. So the haulers have been playing for four years. We put out a video from Tanner, that cat you're talking about. Yep. Uh, at a show that James and I played together. And that's and, for the song Alone Together, title track. It is, yeah. Alone Together. And um fun show. That was like that that, that show, I mean, was so fun because it's such a I love the sunset in Ballard. It's being with your Come buddies. to Seattle if you're listening. Check out the sunset because it's like a rock and roll kind of club that you can just Serious. walk into, which has always appealed to me. We played great venues around here. Something about the sunset is one of those places that it's like the really a mundane sunset sunset strip or something where you can be grab drinks and finish your dinner, then walk in. You hear a good band, you walk in, and music right in the fuck in front of you. Mm-hmm. And so we love playing shows there. And James and I were like, <clears throat> we've done a couple together, and they're. Rowdy, they're super fun. People like climbing in the back door. Him and I throw the craziest green room parties that I can't talk about on a podcast. But (laughs) so we were like, all right, you you got you got a video out. I'm gonna have Tanner. I'm gonna throw him a few hundred bucks to come and film this. Let's have a party, and we just invite her. Sold out. It was nuts. Uh, Unbelievable performance by my man. I'm not just saying that. I could go on. It looked like you were having fun. Oh, it was so fun. That's what our show... That's what I'm, like, into now. And I'll jump on any show that gets me to that type of feeling. Um, Gotta do what you love. It's the best thing ever. Granted, I've done some... I'm playing a corporate gig for Snapchat in a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And that's gonna be a stressful gig. They're gonna pay well. It's gonna be a cool... Corporate gigs are good. Yes, but to bring everything... You know, to, to set up and do that for 45 minutes... That's that's one that I'm like, all right, that's we're gonna do this because it's great exposure. We're gonna get some dough. But my favorite, the things that I just, I'll, I'll sign up anyway. I don't, I would zero money included. Let me play a show like I did with James or Darren Jones, some mm. of our buddies. Mm. That that's where it's kind of at for us right now. Well, and that writing catalyst is really interesting. You know, you think about why people write. You know, for a guy like me, like I'm still in the boat, James. Like you're talking about, where I'm just trying to make sense of how I feel. You're trying to look for commonality with other people. Make sure you're not the only person in the world that feels that way. So there's nothing wrong with you, typically. Yeah. I don't want to project onto you, but go listen to James's tunes. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, but but I think that's so true because that is a common thing. Everybody's trying to make their way in the world and figure it out. But you know, I, I think as you're talking about, like you know, you're fairly content right now. You know, and so the reason you go content play a such show, a bat, such like a, I'm not saying complacent, a taboo. No, no, content though. I mean, 
is such a taboo word, I feel like, for songwriters because... The you always song- feel deep inside that you yeah, need deep, to do more. Deep inside, like, like everything's emotions, you know? Like, it's I'm so happy I'm content. The best songs come from when you're just, like, laid out on the... I mean, cool and bored. Look, right, to, look at Clapton, song. you know? Completely. Yeah. His worst records are when he's like happy, which yeah. is very briefly, but yeah. it, and it's and true. Then his son and like, passed, I, like, I don't know. It's not that I'm trying to it sucks though. I, I guess I've been trying to adjust um something that you bridged earlier is you know, from the love songs to the breakup songs to something that's like a little bit more to be real. A little bit more real. And that Shit might you struggle with. with working and trying to balance those things. So there's a transition as far as how to like express that. I think that I'm just kind of like feeling out. I feel like with comics and stuff, you hear about meeting on the street and they're not funny at all. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, Steve Martin, you, Fretboard Journal did something because he's a banjo um, aficionado. Oh, him and the, the Steve Canyon Rangers. And they were like, yeah, he, hilarious. He wasn't he, he wasn't funny at all. He was kind of a jerk. Those guys, <laughs> like, the, you're on stage at one point and you're that. observing. Sometimes it takes a week to observe. Sometimes it takes a motherfucker three years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know. So, you, I, you know, we got a James tune. We need to get another uh, another Boon tune in here. What's uh, what's some stuff you're working boon on right tune. now? So, I think we played tune. the newer song earlier, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is an older song that I always just kind of keep in my back pocket that I really haven't perfected. But every once in a while, I have a fun time playing it. I wrote it a long time ago. I was, what's it called? Called Old Music. Yeah, yeah. I love this one, I was dating this gal... Years, years, light years, light years, you know, lesser stagette than my wife now. But it was a girl that I was, um, didn't have a lot in common. We were only kind of happy when we were drinking. And it kind of was a little bit more focused on my perspective. And it talks a little bit about kind of it's real. without her, with her. Anyway, it's a real song, I tried man. to make it also and take that. But also give it kind of a Beatles y fun chorus. But um, I love this song. I, every time I play this song, no, in whatever context, and I really do, but it, it brings me back to this like shitty fucking room I was living in, this bachelor pad in Lake City, sitting there miserable, but also kind of like a little bit dancing on my bed to the chorus. And it, bring, and it, and it just brings me back every time and makes me. Fucking lose me, so play that. Yeah, yeah. Play bring, it. bring right. us, there bring us there, man. Let's do it. Our situations unique. Lately, love we hardly speak. Back then we'd drink a little wine and dance in the living room Waste time, was nothing else to do Feel fine, I hope that you did too Say you love me Want to hold me Love old music like I do Watching evenings repeat I'm barely home till I sleep 
drink a little wine and dance in the living room. Waste time, there's nothing else to do. Feel fine, I hope that you did too. Oh, 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 say you love me. Want to hold me? Love old music like I do. Yeah, man. Yeah. And that's, that's yeah. the one that has that Thank lyric alone with my pride, which is, you know, you're describing just being alone in that. I just want to sing harmonies to that song so bad. That's a great tune. And, and you really. know, maybe there's enough like Leonard Cohen, like, you know, sad bastard music. And maybe we need like some we happy, happy so, sad bastard. We love this. Yeah. I just want to like clap. I want to take a girl and do the, do, you know. Yeah. I mean, nothing like a good twerk, but like. <laughs> no, but I mean, this, um, Such this a good song, song was like. It makes me think about, um, you know, there's some lyrics about being out, like being out at night. And I was always like, I just kind of wild at heart type of deal. But it also makes me think about weirdly how I was kind of pushing a lot of things on this girl just to kind of build my case and end it. And um, mm-hmm. it's it's a weird, it's a weird, it's it's one of those songs that for me, I don't really care who, if you like it or not. It just like, it kind of just like. The fun way for me mm-hmm. to kind of tell, like, make a soft joke on, like, something that really kind of fucked me up. Um, Dude. Younger, you know? It was yeah, like, yeah. it's weird. So I play it every once in a while. I played at the Brick out in Roslyn, which is a rowdy crowd. Played there a few times, and it's great, but all the, the cats come from the hills and they're oh, Carhartt. You see a guy with skinny jeans, I hate him, your hair. But he can sing. Yeah, you're like a dartboard at that point. So, and I'm, and the, and the last time I played there, I said I want to play this song, and they, go, and they looked at the band was like, "What are you? We can't let him do that." I mean, the vulnerability playing to a crowd totally. you know likes you. Well, is tough. and the thing, but is, that's let, country let music. I, I refuse. Oh, yeah. to, I refuse to rehearse this song because it's a song that I feel if I really polish too much, even with just playing with the guys too much, it's like also it's like. Well, now you're not alone with your. Yeah, partner. I like the I like the you know patina of this old. Shitty feeling. I'm like trying to keep on, you know, lighting up the cave with, but, 
Your analogies. <laughs> Fantastic. But it's but yeah, and that's how I've always done that song. And and I'll, as much as I kind of hated playing it acoustic, it's that's kind of how I set myself up to play that song. It's just like on my bed and figuring it out. But mm. so you guys have mentioned some some really cool venues here in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about like what. What would you say the coolest show you guys have each played? We talked about it already. The sunset. The sunset was the most fun show. In what year? We had. This was like idea. last year. We just had gotten tattoos of chicken wings on our bodies because we are. Turkey, like, yeah. Well, mine had mine. Mine has like pink Himalayan salt on it because I like details. Mm. Um. But yeah, I, there's I, uh, nothing like a show like that, and it tastes salty. Which it is does, yeah. Well, like, yeah, pink Himalayan salt. <laughs> come on, man. I mean, I've seen you at the crocodile. Yeah, we've crocodile song. We've both Neptune, played. We played we've both Seahawks played games, every venue in town. Every everything. But we when we sold out uh, the sunset like <laughs> it was, asap, it was sold out before the doors opened, and people were climbing in the back door. Like we like twenty people in, they dude. Tequila sponsored, sweaty, it. It nasty, That's just like feeling. some shit was the going down. The whole time, we're each of us were front right. I mean, it was. It was uh, we played with. Well, let me just introduce uh, our decent friend, at best? decent at best, yeah, who uh, those are. Great they're friends cool of mine cats, from man. down south. More, Tacoma. more than decent at best. <laughs> yeah, their, their band's name is Decent at Best, which I fucking That's love. That's a great name uh, they're because so they're fun. so fun. They're amazing. They bring out all the beautiful women, which is great for everyone. Another uh, topic that we had: alone <sighs> some in the car. We're pulling love, out of the parking lot. Yeah, women going. We love those guys. They're. I mean, the name sums it up. It's, it's, it's funny, <laughs> and you go ha ha ha. But then you go, oh, ha, ha, these guys really yeah, fucking ha, ha, are ha. about that. Like, they're just having a blast and yeah. so much that they... Anyways, yeah. if you just look up Decent at Best and, you know, it's a little bit more like PB, R&B, you Ooh. know. For, for, for <laughs> any songwriter out there that is out there playing, like, I, you know, I wish that for everyone, right? To play a sold-out show. Yeah. And people... It's incredible. To feel like people want to see that badly. Yeah. Like, that's something that everybody should get it's, to. It's the a Hollers special thing. Uh, like a four-year stride of playing sold-out shows in Seattle, which to me is all I cared about. Because like, as long as we're, like, packing these plays until we did... We had the Chop City show. It was before the sun. It was a Wednesday, a and Wednesday. you played second. I had some buddies also, in California, you didn't. and I was... It, it was it, it was a a moment at you can play you know, twenty great shows you have one bad show and then in, you hate in yourself. My life, I, I remember I was, but that's off. not real. Don't follow that. That's not but true. But then a week later, or so we did this show together, which I'm yeah. We're rambling about. We have a little bromance, but it's true though, man. But it, like, it was like that's how we still are. Just like God damn that sunset night because we both killed it. The place was fucking packed. If t- and everyone, it's like you pick up on that when you're on stage, just as an audience. You get excited when you know that they're enjoying it. If someone just goes, unless you're Liam Gallagher or something, and you're just da 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 da. You want, you want, which we love. Look like they're happy to be here. I've seen shows where it's just like, and you're like, oh, well, fuck you too. It's a grind. I need more whiskey. Yeah, that was a show that not only no, it's no question they knew that we were having fun, but looking out and you're, and then you're looking at all your friends. I sweated so much. It was just like one of the most genuine. I mean, after the show, I remember I was, like, extremely exhausted, but we, we like, sat down and we were like, that was probably my favorite drive I've ever played in my life. To segue back, I think it's important that we, we don't usually harp on gear um, because the show's a lot more about artists. artists. It's yeah. about the, the, why you're writing and, and how that music happens and, and what it takes to still do that and have an artistic voice. But I, it would be terrible not to talk about the gear that's in here and some yeah. of the stuff. Like, tell us what you're playing right now. I mean, people see it in the, you know, the show 
This is show a fun picks one. and this stuff. This is actually very great. Great. May I? Can I? Can I? No, do no. Please. By all means. Tell us, all tell us the tools. The I'll start with the, with the. I'll do it. Kind of. Um, Let me. T- can I tell them what I'm playing though? Outside of what you're playing. Please, please, please. We'll I have go, kind we'll, of a Tarantino. Visually, it's amazing. I'm gonna start from the beginning. First, I saw James with that HG00 1939, and I brought. I play lefty, so I brought this from home. Especially, it's a 1930s Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. Yeah. Happens to be the same exact model. But Gibson was the hot, was like the main brand. Kalamazoo, yeah. which I'm playing, was the sister brand, a little bit lesser version. They're Hawaiian conversions, which means that they weren't meant for a fretted guitar; they're meant for a slide. But they're met at the twelfth fret and the bridge Play extended, on so they're really like loud guitars and really fun to play. Difficult but fun to play, like mm-hmm. an old car, an old camera. Mm-hmm. So I brought mine because it's kind of the old guitar that I got converted. And only thing that looked good on. Taking pictures it's beautiful. James picked his out behind closed walls, so we both met over there, and we both grabbed the wrong guitar when we were going to perform. Yeah, I, I, I picked up his lefty. I picked it, and I guess uh, like mine, you know. But anyways, they're old 30s Gibson guitars. And they're awesome. You guys will see them, and you can hear them, obviously. But the, yeah, the, as far as the shop goes. So how about we do this? Favorite, favorite instrument in here right now? I played mine, man. Like, I love the stuff with the character. Um... The uh, repair tops, repaired sides, cracks, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, there's like the bursts, the things that are like six figures and whatnot. Uh, at this point, I'm afraid to play those things. Oh, yeah. Um, but I respect them, and they're like so holding a valuable and incredible. And there is truly a difference. Um, and if you ever get a chance to play and decipher that for yourself, Call you 206-3820. Yeah. 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 As a matter of fact, uh, there, there, there's a huge respect for that type of thing. But I personally love the stuff with char- you know, character, like a, a fixed headstock. So that's why I'm playing the old uh, 30s Gibson with like uh, five fixed cracks. <laughs> like, These guitars are tough, man. It, it's like you it, go from like a Tesla. It's a manhandler. Like a PRS, then you go to like an old Plymouth Fury caddy. from 67. Yeah. The gas station route A to B is an experience. Like with these... Yeah. It's not like you're just, you know. No, you yeah, got a manhandle. No, oh, yeah. it's a, you do. <laughs> it's, you don't have power steering. But the, as a shop, we thrive in vintage, <laughs> antique, uh, rare guitars. So you I mean you see broadcasters from 1950. You see no casters from 1951. You see Les Pauls from between 1958 and 1960 in in the packs of four to five. Um, we actually just you know got to send somebody home with a van. Fantastic 1959 Les Paul Standard, which it's kind of funny because I feel like some incredible. of our favorite guitars they sell when they're our favorite guitars because no one there's no commission. They, people, this is like I like to think about like an old camera or watch shop where it's like you go and you still open doors like a you know everyone there is real like what are you doing today with a you know pinstripe apron on. It's an old service <laughs> shop, essentially. And the favorite guitar, the Taco Shop, it sells. So right. And it there's does. great stuff. It doesn't hit the wall unless it goes to the same checked out, the same snobs, the same geeks, whether you're indie blues, jazz, jazz confusion, jazz fusion. Uh, <laughs> but today, I mean, I mean, some of my favorite guitars, I'm like, have to yeah. like relearn all these have, guitars that I have to put on the walls. As a shop, we just have so much fun with such incredible instruments. Uh, well, and it's it's not just because you have these instruments in here. I think it's also really important to note that, you know, there's something really special about this place. Yeah. Um, the people, you know. The, the people are really important, but I think speaking of the actual skill set that you guys bring to the table, um, you know, Paul Allen is a Seattle guy. 
it's yeah. important. I, I don't. We can't do this episode without mentioning him because of yeah, you know, totally. what he meant and how he was respecting the music yeah, community. Yeah, Northwest lad. Absolutely. Um, and but I think you know, you guys had a relationship with him and and his mm-hmm. his guitar collection. Yeah. I don't know if you could talk about that at all. Um, when I, as long as I can remember working here, we'd get guys come in. My earliest memories were guys come in and putting a card that said Vulcan on it, which was one of his companies. I'm aware. Um, and he'd buy stuff for the yacht and duplicates, cool amps, and like he had really cool guys working for him. Mm. And him, Chris Guerin, um, Tim, yeah, Tim Pike, uh, Dave Dysart, cats like that who were like guys like us who are really cool season that i mean he had, he had a head for that right just mm-hmm. love music you know so for years they had that <clears throat> relationship with the with dealing with these guys i wanted to take ultimate care about them and they were super cool we, no don't buy that you know like we might need to sell that to make ends meet but not today you know like they had he actually had the eye for like good cats looking out for him so it was a pleasure working for those guys for a long time i eventually developed into doing uh, I appraised his entire collection at his studio. I went and wrote songs for him. Um, went to a bunch of... I mean, I met Ringo Starr and Joe Jimmy Walsh. Page and Joe Walsh. And met Sant- Joe through here. Santana. And, I mean, I, I've, I've got to go hang with these guys. Through Paul, I'm forever in debt. I'm not waving a flag, but I'm, I was just a vessel that these guys, the school sure. has flowed through. Um, but he's kind of... He's known for that. I mean, he, you know... It, you it, know, it, like, it was... It really saddened me for people to not see the, that respect. Like, I had so much. I know that for in Seattle proper, a guy who's lived here his whole life, like, the immense, I mean, just push and a little bit extra, like, juice that this city needed for music. Mm-hmm. Upstream. The color, the for, for alleys. Upstream yeah, the, was him, the too. Had, the, he yep. had a really, really good eye. It's Mopop, not. I mean, absolutely. Completely. And he, that's he a He changed the city for the better. That's a crossover. 100%. And I think there's people who are just. Completely forget about that. Yeah, the guy was a, you know, in the tech world was a Viking. You know, he, I mean, but for Conquered. dude down here that was raised in these shitty alleys, with rats all over the place. The guy like seriously shined light on these spots mm-hmm. musically, artistically, mm-hmm. with funds, mm-hmm. thoughtful funds. He he was that for a lot of people. People appreciated that, and I think it speaks to how important music is as something that brings people together. Right? I remember when he passed and. Questlove was like one of the first people I saw post about just what a loss it was for the music community. If you think about how separate the worlds are that they reside in and in their upbringings and what they've done with their careers and the fact that two guys like that had, well, no. I, I don't, you know, it, I'm sure, I'm sure Paul did respect him, but certainly the respect that that community he, and Questlove being a, you know, a, a I can, I can say that I saw the background of that and it was, it was extremely thoughtful. It wasn't just some dude Saying, I've got this budget, let me throw it, make this at it. The guy was into it. Um, Jim Bianco, uh, Paul Allen, obviously, all those guys, they were dudes who had like legitimate music lovers. Yeah, and it was music, it. and it wasn't just like, hey, I'm listening on my big money radio. It's guys who grew up with nothing. The the radio got them out of the fuck out of the Bronx and yeah. Jim Bianco, you know, came from nothing. Uh, inspire Paul, them it, it, and they still remember that and you got to yeah. give that credit to the cats that power like, music man it, totally and, and, and it, breeds, yeah. it breeds incredible yeah. things and but, I, I feel like you guys appreciate this so i'm, I'm not a seattle born cat um you know so work and relationship brought me out here mm-hmm. and i actually had the uh the privilege of attending the vulcan christmas party the year that, that paul had passed and he just passed recently and his band played mm. and they were incredible and i'm just my face is <laughs> what melting. were they called the uh 
They had a they had a good name that you'd expect. Of course they would. It was Paul Allen the Undertaker or something like that. It, I think it was the it was under Undertaker. I'm so embarrassed. Sure. Well, we will fix that. The Underthinkers. Those are hot cats, though. The, Do you ever so, meet Tim Pike, their music director back in the day? I, I didn't get to meet him. I, but but I did get to see the band perform right, and they were doing Christmas tunes because it's a Christmas party. And at the very end, they stop and say, "Hey, we're going to do one. We we wish Paul was here with us. We're going to do one of his favorites." And they did the Joe Cocker version of. Help from my friends, and it, like I'm not crying. You fucking it was me? so incredible to see this. It was just so amazing, and and so I, I want to make sure I told you guys that because I knew you guys especially would appreciate that. It was it was amazing, and the band just tore God. it. Up. I'm like looking into Steph's eyes, trying to like dig that moment out of it. But <laughs> it was it was I incredible. Can, I can feel it. I appreciated like it. it then, but like even now, especially sitting here, feeling like the history of the shop God, and man. these streets, and like what a privilege. It dude. was amazing. Yeah. So, so what's coming up next? If there's stuff coming up for the shop that's really cool that you guys are looking forward well, to, and then musically for you guys as artists, as bands. I got a single, uh, the song I Hate California that I played for you guys. Um, I got a, That's going to be coming out uh, probably in the next month or so. I got to get it mastered. Recorded totally to tape, Jimmy Dream Mom. I, I kind of did went on this thing and started recording straight to tape, mixing to tape. It sounds great. What about you, What Boone? about the hollers? Tell us what's about that. There? They're going to be opening for us on yeah. Halloween. <laughs> we could just I, add another I'd open band. up a can of tuna if I could have. I'll we tell you, I'll dry my schedule. <laughs> we'll just add another band so you can play second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stage Z at 10.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. On a um, Tuesday. So this summer, my sister is getting married. And uh, me and my girl, my girl and I, are going to go on a little European trip. <laughs> Not what every songwriter and musician wants to hear. Are you, you going to wrap any sh- shows into that in terms of going to see anybody? I am anybody? not. The in-between I am. Usually we've either, we do a kind of a uh, pattern of booking out summer, not booking out. because we regret it every year. We're going, mm-hmm. God damn it, we're rehearsing, we're stressed out, let's all take it. So we won't do this this year. Next year we do. So this year kind of fell perfect where it was a year that we we're going to not do anything. Filled it up with personal stuff, but doing the Snapchat, little corporate party, and we're doing a private party on the 3rd of August, a couple things in August. We have a bunch of music at the studio that I've been too damn lazy to go to in these last few months just due to work, life, and all that. Get your shit together, Trevor. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> want to don't worry, don't record. worry. It's July. I just got two, two, two months off. Musician, that's like two days. Yeah. So you got to... Two shows this summer, and we're back at it in September, but I'm taking some time off to go look at some landscapes. You got to do that. Yeah. If you're a musician, you feel in bird town. I'm riding. I got to refuel my time my off. I took like two weeks off from touching a guitar, which was weird for me because I hadn't done that in years. And when I came back, I was extremely inspired. It I'm was take it 10 was, years off just from It was day. so wild. Like I, I picked up a guitar, to. and I was like, oh, yeah, I still got it. And it was like... It was weird. So if you're feeling burnt out and you're doing too much musically, like the just guitar. just take a the break. Guitar is like a take a, break. a mother almost. Like it's not like a girl where you're fighting all the time. It's just like all right, I gotta like I gotta like. Really but music, time music in general is like a gorgeous woman who just just treats you terrible. Terrible. <laughs> but also at times treats you fantastic. Before we burn you guys out, we're gonna wrap this up, <laughs> guys. Want to say a thanks for thanks for doing this. You guys want to keep talking? It's only nine. Yeah, (laughs) I know you guys are on low sleep. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Good time. We we have to edit this. So (laughs) the more the more of this the more. So plus we have to drive back to Maine. That's correct. We have to drive back to Maine. (laughs) (laughs) Half an hour max. Yeah, I love you guys so much, man. Dude, (laughs) thank you guys so much for having us. Um, Tell your dad thanks for having us too, and that if he's up for doing it, we'll come back and see him. I I gotta say too. 
for listeners and also for you guys. So uh, I mentioned work, but also relationship brought me out to Seattle. Relationship didn't go as one generally hopes relationships go. And so I had been out we here a lot. We have a song lot. for that. Yeah, we all have songs <laughs> for that. Uh, but Feeling I fell blue. in love with this city. Absolutely fell in love with this yeah. city. And then when that was done, I didn't feel like I had a right to come back here. But when I met you guys, you guys were so cool. This store was so yeah. welcoming. And as a mediocre songwriter That's and musician, cool, I felt very welcome here. And I think a lot of other people do, too, when they yeah. come through here. So a sincere thank you to you guys Dude. for oh, you know man. letting a guy like me still feel like this city can God, be a dude, place you're, like, you're welcome to come, you know? Slick dress, dude, the handsome second I met you. <laughs> he, he's very, on. very on top of it for me. It's like yeah. herding cats. I know you're used to that. It's like, yeah. hey, you're good at what you do. You well, you mentioned on? James does, he likes cats. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like cats. No, said, I don't like to herd oh, them. Oh, yeah, cats, cats. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, dude, thank you for having us, man. Thanks oh, for being here, guys. It's been a pleasure, man. What a great podcast. Honestly, man. Stuff. And Ken Skyler. You're Jen Skyler. Yeah, yeah. Ken, thank, thank you, guys. you guys so much. All right, boys. We'll see you next time. Nice to meet you. Merry James, Christmas. Yeah. Hey, James, why don't you play us out with one, man? Take hey, us home. Which one are you thinking? Uh, come home? Old Town Road. How about Come Home? Let's do Come Home. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Let's do it. I got a Come home Like you never should have left Come home As if I were your face Take my hand as we walk down Sixth Avenue Tell my love I'll never say goodbye Tell her that I'm here to stay Though we both long to fly away Home is here with you today Come home Like you've never seen the rain Come home Like you've given up on fame Take your fears and roll them in A cigarette Light it up and burn it For the hell of it My love, I'll never say goodbye Tell her that I'm here to stay Though we both long to fly away Now no, But home is here with you today
You've been listening to Song Divers. Thank you for supporting us and our sponsors and all the great independent music makers out there trying to make their way in the music business these days. Songs we heard in this episode are Working Always and Old Music by Trevor Boone. We also heard Like Dreaming and Go Slow by Trevor and his band, The Hollers. From James and Naya, we heard Come Home, I Hate California, and Jimmy Dream On. We also got a taste of James and Naya and The Current, doing Jimmy Dream On and Something's Missing. A special thank you to Jay Boone and the whole Emerald City family for letting us set up shop for the night. And a thank you to the production team on this episode, Ken Lapworth and Skylar Percival. To hear more of Trevor and James, there are a lot of opportunities, all highly recommended. The two of them appear regularly on the Emerald City Guitars Pick of the Day episodes, available on their website and YouTube, and as mentioned in the episode, through their band sites and social media. Trevor and the Boys can be found on Instagram at The Hollers, H-O-L-L-E-R-S. And you can keep up with James on Instagram, too, at James Anaya Music. Anaya is A-N-A-Y-A. Go hear the awesome records by both The Hollers and by James Anaya in the Current on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere you go to feed your ears. And next time you're in Seattle, go pay these guys a visit. I actually like it better on the whiskey bottle. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> the world has since tried to drink that away. My Ooh. first instrument was the Jameson Jimmy, bottle. Jimmy drink on. <laughs> he plays two instruments. Yeah. Guitar, vocals, and Jameson. Song Divers is a production of Ybor City Records and recorded in the historic Kenwood district of St. Petersburg, Florida.